0: Blog Talk Radio Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Poetry Superhighway Live It's Sunday January 18th, 2015, Happy New Year to everyone who observes that kind of thing. I don't mean to imply that anyone acknowledges the passage of time. If you're the kind of person who acknowledges the passage of time, then Happy New Year to you. My name is Rick Lupert. I'm your host for this afternoon's show, an open poetry reading in which you're invited to call in and read a poem. Our call-in number is area code 646-716-7362. Of course, you could Skype in. You could direct connect in if you're uh, up there on the Blog Talk Radio website, as I suspect you might be because that's how you listen to the show. 646-716-7362. We're going to get to our callers in just a couple of minutes. As it is the new year, I know some of you are poets out there and interested in having places to submit your poetry to. So as you probably know, we at the Poetry Superhighway publish two poets online every single week as uh, in what we call the Poets of the Week uh, segment. I don't know what it is. We publish two Poets of the Week. That's it. Period. We've been doing this since 1997 add it up that's a lot of poets so our guidelines say that if you've been published during a particular calendar year that you're not eligible to submit work again until the following calendar year which means that if you're published on you know in february uh, you have to wait until january of the following year etc you you understand how that works so since the new year has happened just 18 days ago Again, for anyone who acknowledges that sort of thing, we do. And uh, I guess you'll have to if you're considering submitting work. And you were published last year in 2014. You are now eligible to send work in. So please do, because if we published you before, we probably like your work. Uh, We've already published poets the last couple of weeks who were published last year. So it's a little bit confusing, because uh, what happens if you haven't been published yet, but you've already submitted work. Well, your work is still up for consideration. We save all work that has been submitted for six months, and if you don't hear from us at the end of that six months, that means that we weren't able to use your work, but you could send new work in any time. You don't have to wait for six months to go by before you send work in. You could send in work the next week or the next month and we'll look at it and uh we'll look at keep looking at it for uh 6 months from when you submit it at which point it will be automatically deleted we just we don't send out rejection letters we we just don't so there you go but since you can send in new work at any time unless you've already been published that year see how this all works uh it should be okay uh, simultaneous submissions are okay with us we just ask that you notify us if you've been, if your work has been accepted elsewhere, uh, previously published work is okay as long as it's been published in print or in, on your own personal website. We don't accept work for publication uh, that has been published on the internet on other online places that publish journals, zines, etc. So. That's the big thing with Poetry Superhighway and the new year. I also want to mention, uh, this is a before we talk again. Uh, January will be over, and we'll be launching our next Great Poetry Exchange on February 1st. What's the Great Poetry Exchange, you ask? Oh, I'm so glad that you asked that. Here's what it is. The uh, Great Poetry Exchange is a project that we do every year in which we ask you you to send a poetry book or that is to promise to send a poetry book to someone else somewhere in the world and in exchange you will receive a poetry book from yet another person somewhere else in the world so we start uh, we start this on February 1st there'll be an online form that you fill out um you have to have a poetry book. So what does that mean? Well, we we'd like it to be a poetry book, you know, uh a book that uh, that that someone published. Uh, it could be self-published by you, that's fine. Uh but we really want you to to uh to participate. So if you're thinking, "Man, I don't have a book." Well, this is a great opportunity for you to to put a book together because again, it could be a one-off, you know, stapled chapbook. Um if you're kind of lazy, it 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 could be You know, just a bunch of poems that you print out and send to someone else. Though, uh, keep in mind that many other people are putting a little bit more work into it and sending actual books that they've self-published or used on-demand printing or had published elsewhere, or even if it's a chapbook that's that's saddle-stitched. So it would be better if you put a little bit more thought into it, um, just because, you know, of course the poetry is the most important component of it, but, you know, someone who sends out their nice, perfectly bound book would like to get something similar in return. Anyway, that's just – you have a whole month to think about this and put something together. You sign up online. At the end of the month, uh, actually on March 1st, I will send out an email to every single person who participated um, which will tell you where to send your book to. Um, And you will send your book to that person and then – uh you'll wait patiently and you will receive a book from yet another person it's not a It's not a one to one exchange. You're not gonna send your book to the person who sends you their book though in rare occasions because of the random the random uh assigning of books that does happen uh but uh you know some people get a little confused and they receive a book and they haven't sent theirs out yet and then they send a book right back to that person, even though that's not the person that you'd been emailed to send it to. Don't do that. No, no. You you should send a book to the person whose contact info you receive. Anyway, this is all too much info at this point because uh, uh, it's just we're just about to start the signups for this on February first, and uh, and uh, and and there you go. So look for that. Get excited. Think about putting a book together if you haven't already. There you go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to get to our callers right now. Um, again, the call in number is area code six four six seven one six seven. Three, six, two. I will identify you by the area code from which you are calling in. Um I can see from the list of callers already that there are some folks who are calling in from the same area code, so it's gonna get confusing. I'm already confused looking at this, but we can do this righty. Our first caller is a caller from the nine seven three area code. Hello, nine seven three
1: Um uh, Hello, is that me? That's you. Okay, how do you hear me, Rick?
0: I hear you good. Am coming through? You're coming through. Who am I talking to? Uh,
1: This is Ron Bremner, and uh, I'm pleased to be on Poetry Superhighway Blog Talk Radio.
0: It's good to have you, Ron. We uh, we emailed recently, didn't we?
1: Yes, we did. Um, And uh, I've got uh, a poem from my new collection, which um, I'm hoping to self-publish by the end of the year. Uh, it's called Kerouac Dreams, Kerouac Promises. And uh, I can start at any time.
0: Great. Let me know where you're calling from, Ron.
1: Oh, I'm calling from Glen Ridge, New Jersey.
0: Glen Ridge, New Jersey. Okay, great. Yeah, go ahead and read the poem.
1: Okay. Run, you jackal, run. Like the sun's rays through my shards of sense, carry your hammer. Well, you run through my mind and my mind's eye. Yeah, Neil, you know the routine and you milk me clean and hammer me until I see. An umbilical cord between your mind and mine purges the rot and the caffeine in me. Makes me again an infant, a suckling as the circle of life rears its wanton beauty. And that is it.
0: Great poem and a great reading of the poem, too, Ron. Well done.
1: Uh, Thanks, Rick.
0: Thank you. So uh, you're hoping to put this book out um, uh, by the end of the year, you say? Uh,
1: yeah, I'm putting it all together now. I'm hoping to, uh, if I have to self-publish it, I will. I'm going to send it to a few publishers first, but uh, yeah, by the end of the year, it should be out there, uh, you know, on Lulu, Smashwords, uh, and Amazon.
0: That's fantastic. Um do you, do you, you so you live in Glenridge do you do you go to poetry readings in in Glenridge?
1: Not in the town itself but uh, around uh, Glenridge there are plenty of poetry readings. There's one on the first Wednesday of the month at Rutherford the Red Wheelbarrow Poets Read. Uh there's one on the first Thursday of each month in uh, Montclair uh, hosted by uh, poet Laura Boss and uh, Maria Gillen and there's one on um, the uh, third Friday of each month, it's hosted by uh, poet Jim Gwynn, and uh, it's at the Ants Bookstore. So we got a lot of them, and also uh, we have uh, every Saturday in the morning, we have a uh, what we call a free write. We write to prompts uh, at the Montclair Library um, in Montclair, New Jersey. Uh, that's a, an outfit called the Write Group.
0: That's great. So you're uh, you're you've got a lot going on there. So I just I uh, wanted you to um, appreciate that you gave all that info out. Just in the event there's anyone else uh, in your uh, area who might not know of those things, they'll have the chance to uh, to show up and participate as well. So cool. Well, Ron, thank you so much for calling. Thanks for reading your poem and best of luck in getting that book out.
1: Uh, thanks a lot, Rick, and uh, thanks to you for giving us uh, the opportunity.
0: My pleasure. Alrighty, righty, that was uh, uh, Ron Bremner from Glen Ridge, New Jersey, opening up the show. Our uh, next caller is from the 647 area code. Hello. Daddy. Hello. Hi.
2: Hi, Rick. How are you?
0: I'm good. I'm good. Who's this?
2: Alex Journey.
0: Hi, Alex. Where are you calling from?
2: How you been doing?
0: Um well, you know, honestly it's been a tough week. Uh uh, uh my my uh, cat of 16 years passed away yesterday, um and it was a pretty big deal. So if if you must know, I'm I'm just holding it together, but um but uh, I'm I'm happy that you're on Where, What city are you calling from?
2: Sault Saint Marie, Ontario, Canada.
0: Ah. oh yes, okay. Sault Saint Marie. And how are things up in uh, Canada?
2: Ah uh, snowy
0: That's uh that's that's funny. I um I saw a graphic on on Facebook today uh that was uh, um a takeoff on the weather in North America and it had um like all of these sections um cordoned off and you know and it had a uh, you know a phrase over each section so you know and not very complimentary phrases like you know Like over over the northeast it said, you know, F U winter and you know over Canada, too much snow. It said all kinds of things like that. And then over California it just said L O L.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, th- there's been a lot of weird weather patterns going on in the world the last two, three years, right? I mean, like, it's just really abnormal kind of conditions. And then a lot of people, th- there was one book I just read a few months ago, On the Edge of Reality by Colin Andrews. And wh- what the guy talked in there about, he used to be a meteorologist in England and that, was that there's there's this project up in Alaska that the American government is operating and it's called the Heart Project, and it's the Harmonic Auric Resonance Program. And what they're doing is being like God or whatever and controlling weather patterns. And it's not for the good of mankind, but to the detriment. And in his book, he actually believes that he said that he thinks that this HARP Project caused the uh, earthquake that caused the tsunami in Japan three years ago. And what it does is this thing sends electromagnetic waves right up into the ionosphere, which is part of the atmosphere, causes a disturbance. And then an equal and opposite reaction ray comes down from that ionosphere and strikes wherever they want it to strike. It's really sci-fi stuff, but it's uh, it's like playing God.
0: Wow. Um hmm well that's either going to lead to um a much better planet or our complete destruction.
2: One or the other, Rick. <laughs> One or the other, but people really need to be aware that a lot of the weather patterns like even where I live, uh we've had some severe rain storms the last 2 years. And it's not uncommon to to now get a storm where you're getting 50 to 70 millimeters in a 24-hour period, which is almost the equivalent of a month or more, and hence you get all the flooding and all of the damage that comes with that. So.
0: Right. Yeah.
2: Exactly.
0: Well, I, you know, the best I can say at this point is is uh, I hope you stay warm up there, and um, and I'll try not to LOL too much here in Southern California.
2: Yeah, I have a sister in San Diego, so I mean, she she uh, she has fun talking about up here too a lot. So
0: <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So Alex, do you have a poem for us?
2: Absolutely. Um, my daughter dreams a lot, as my wife does. So this one is my daughter talking to my to my wife about her dreams and it's called transcending borealis can i talk to you i want my voice to be heard i am a youngster but i have an old soul there are thoughts that swirl in a hovering pattern above my head at night so i want to ask you about my dreams i know from what you say we are alike in this manner at times you awake in a cold sweat From the depths of a sleep, that is more of a walk, a full-fledged, in-your-face-as-real-as-can-be experience. For when my eyes close, my spirit does astral movements, when I leave my shell behind to travel to other dimensions, where I too seem to exist. Can I be in two places at once, along simultaneous timelines? My pulse believes so. Some mornings I am petrified, others are like a soft rain. The emotions remain vivid, transfixing me with an iron will. Each one has a reason, like a spoke on a wheel, or a bird in the air, or a whale in the ocean. Can you please help explain what this all means? Are these shades from my temple from which my sky becomes more colorful? Every one appears as a part, as an integral piece to shaping an outline so vibrant in its transcending borealis.
0: Wow, that's um, that's quite a lot from your daughter's dream. That's uh, that's pretty cool, uh, Alex.
2: They the the dreams my wife has in. And most people, Rick, when they dream, they they think that they've been somewhere. Well, they actually have. That they, they may not have the recognition that they've been there and done that, but a lot of people do do astral movements when they're dreaming. And we can actually exist. Of multiple planes of existence in different dimensions. And so we're able to transcend and move about and go about wherever our mind is concentrating at that moment and whatever we're meant to do and see and experience at that time.
0: <laughs> and no passport required.
2: Absolutely not.
0: Well, Alex, Absolutely I really appreciate not. you uh, you sharing that uh, that poem with us. Um, do, is there anything um, going on in your poetry world that you want to share with us? A, a book or reading, anything like that?
2: Um. I, I was featured last uh, May because we're right on the United States border. I, I do a lot of my reading in in Michigan and that. And there, there's always ones going on in Pickford and Sault Ste. Mary, Michigan. And there's a couple here and there that go on the uh, Canadian side. And uh, last year, my dad passed away in January. And, and it was really freaky that day because when he passed away... Um that night I was writing something, and my dad passed away as COPD, which is the lung disease. And his symptoms were always a tight chest, and um, really um, his breathing was really short in that because he was living on oxygen and that. And when I started writing the poem about him, it, w- it was actually like I started going through his symptoms. And then when I was done the poem an hour later... My wife was really asking me, Why did you go through all that? And I was thinking, My spirit told me was that my dad's spirit actually came trans, you know, right o superimposed over my own spirit. And the words that he wrote, that's what he wanted me to write. And I read it at the funeral. And it was amazing because then I put that one into the Bonsu poetry contest, which is like a winter carnival up here. And it won first place last January. So, you won, Daddy. It, it was really it was really uh, awesome.
0: That's fantastic. Well, congratulations on that, uh, Alex. Thank you so much for calling in uh today and and sharing all that with us and giving us the heads up on the HARP project as well, and I uh, hope to talk with you again.
2: Always, Rick, and take care and happy new year to everybody.
0: You too. All right, that was uh, Alex Cherney calling from Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, Canada. Uh moving along, again the number to call in is six four six seven one six seven three Six two. We have um another caller from let's see here, the button's not working. There we go. Another caller from the nine seven three area code. Hi, nine seven three. Hi, yes I must be me. Is that you, Rick? That it, it's both of us, I think.
3: Yes, both of us, Dag never This is Are you nice back in me. New Jersey
0: or are you back in New no, Jersey no, or no? I,
3: I have I have a New Jersey uh Uh, Code, but I'm still in Pelham, Alabama, the place where sin, the place where sin is a four-syllable word, sin. uh,
0: It sounds like you probably fit right in there.
3: (laughs) Those of you living in sin, uh, call the toll-free number on your screen. Uh, Anyway, anyway, takes a lot longer
0: to say stuff there, but it's worth it.
3: It sure does, but... But the further west you go, the slower they talk. So you can have coffee and donuts by the time in, in Texas. You can have coffee and donuts by the time they're done asking you uh, uh, for change. <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> so well, we do I'll, we do speed up a little bit here on the west coast when you get all the way west. You, uh, you know. So.
3: I know you guys do. It depends on the drugs you're taking. <laughs> <laughs> Your medication. It's medication time. (laughs) Anyway, say hi to Governor Moonbeam for me. Anyway, here we have, uh, it's called, uh, it's a short piece, and uh, there's a little surprise in it. It's an idea based on somebody, uh, somebody wrote this. They wrote this with crappy meter, and I I took it, and I tightened up the uh, prosody on it. And it's called Challenge.
0: Now, wait a minute, Um, David. Hold on a sec, David. You said there's a surprise in it. You're not going to jump out naked at the end, are you?
3: No, no, no. (laughs) No, I'm not going to regale you with my physiognomy. (laughs) Magnificent, uh, uh, a specimen of magnificent male studly physiognomy. Anyway, Ariel, it's called Challenge. You'll see the surprise when you hear it. Some trust without a shred of fact, expecting all to stay intact, assuming only through volition by laying blame on intuition. Then all the foulness that's been said, they set about to cruelly spread each time they tell their putrid tales, their coffin shuts with shiny nails. For no one will abide a rumor which festers like malignant tumor. It doubles back, thus triple strong, indicting all with lying tongue. Duplicious words pollute our space, marking those of double face, whose patronizing coup de gras is blowing smoke right up your ass. The rumor mill is fed in kind by all those with the grudge to grind who will not let their rancor die and let those smelly corpses lie. The grapevines worked with evil deeds and brings about the vilest weeds that rob the fragile fame of breath and chokes the righteous name to death.
0: David, it's it's quite brave of you to run coup d'etat with ass.
3: I told you there was a surprise. Like a jack in the box or a cereal with a ring in it. it ah,
0: there was definitely I, something in a box. <laughs> a coffin.
3: Ah Rick, it's always a pleasure. Always a pleasure, Rick.
0: The pleasure's always mine. Pleasure. David, thank you so much for calling in. I hope all is well for you in Alabama. And we'll talk to you I, next time.
3: Ah, we'll talk soon. Thank you, Rick. Bye
0: bye. All right. Bye bye. That was uh David uh David Neves Neves Nevisi. I like to pronounce it all of those ways. Uh formerly of uh, Newark, New Jersey. in my heart he's always going to still be in New Jersey. Uh but uh currently living in Alabama. Um thanks for being a regular David. Thanks for calling in. All right, people, the number is 646-716-7362 or do like our next caller and just uh uh, call in via your computer. Please um, say hi to Neville Hyatt, Enchanting Aussie. Hi, Neville. Hi, Ricky You're certainly having an interesting start to the show today. Oh, you're breaking up a little bit there. Uh, Neville, try try that again. So you're having a very interesting start to the show today. Yeah, we're gosh, we're we're almost halfway done with the show. That's uh, you know we're 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 safely past the start. I would say it's been an interesting whole half of the show.
4: Yes, absolutely. Well, there's a lot going on in poetry. we under um, the Australian Poetry Slam one of the finals is actually coming to, um, next month to do a workshop and do some performances. So it's going to be a Next song, February, Maratza
0: Povary. That sounds great. Now you're, you're you're cutting in and out. I'm not sure we have the best uh, best connection here. Um, uh, but uh, I guess why don't we try to get right into your poem and see if we can uh, we can get through it uh, to to minimize that.
4: Okay, fingers crossed. Cold flowers. Where are the flowers? My name. Well, let's be real. Even if I told you, you wouldn't remember it tomorrow. I hide in these bushes that grab and tear at my flesh, I ask where are the flowers. As I see my mother being raped, and father slaughtered like I ask where are their flowers. As the bullets cut through my village like a meteor attack, I ask where are their flowers. You live in such safety, and I'd say spend a day in my shoes. Except I have none. I gave them to my best friend before they took him. You see, he could more him. You that one bunch of flowers my family leaves a year. So I, are those flowers leaf for, or are they for you? That's that piece.
0: <laughs> Thank you, Neville. I, you know, definitely it was cutting in and out a bit, so I'm not sure we got uh, got all of it. So, but um, uh, maybe you can let us know uh, about your your website really quickly, so people can check out more from you um, today. And hopefully, we'll have a better connection next time. Yeah,
4: I'm here. I'm coming through to you. Um, on Facebook or on Twitter, the Bard from Balrat, uh, or on the web. NevilleHyatt.com.
0: Great. Well, thank you so much, uh, Neville. I'm going to let you go because we're cutting in and out. But I'm going to I'm going to repeat those so people uh, get, people will be able to to uh, to go them and make sure that they hear it right. Uh, check out NevilleHyatt.com. That's N-E-V-I-L-L-E-H-I-A-T-T dot com. Um, as as well as the bard from Ballarat, uh, you can find him on Facebook. Uh, there and check out more from uh, Neville. Neville's been uh, been our down under representative the past uh, past uh, half a year or so, calling in from Australia, um, about as far away as you could be uh, uh, from where where we're located. So we're very excited to to uh, to uh, have Neville calling in every week and truly uh, uh, making this a an international uh, show. So um, and if you're in our chat room, he just uh, posted uh, the Facebook link as well, so you can. Uh, you can check it out there, the the Facebook.com slash the Bard from Ballarat. That's B-A-L-L-A-R-A-T. All right, thanks for calling in again, Neville. Um all right, we're about halfway through the show or um and we've still we've got a few callers we're gonna get to who are on the line and plenty of open uh space and, and time for you to call in as well. The number is six four six seven one six seven three six two. Um, and our next caller is from the 310 area code. Hi.
5: Hi. Is this Rick?
0: This is Rick. Is this Gene? Hi,
5: Rick. <laughs> Hi, local. Uh, <laughs> how are you?
0: I'm uh, doing good. Gene am
5: Jean from, uh
0: From Topanga.
5: Yes, from Topanga. I was sorry to read that the cobalt... Uh, what club closed that you hosted every Thursday night? So.
0: Yeah, it was my, Tuesday nights, but uh, yeah, that's it that's, was I Tuesday. Night. I, oh, that's another it's an, another big loss. Uh, maybe that's why you never came. I, you know. It's,
5: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, Once I came to see
0: Maggie. Oh right, right. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, that's another big news I didn't mention because uh, I'm I'm still sort of uh, dealing with with my cat's loss from yesterday, yeah. but then about. About three weeks ago, we you know this reading that I'd hosted every single week for almost twenty one years at the Cobalt Cafe in Canoga Park, California. Um every single Tuesday night, um, we had an open reading, and for the last fifteen years or so, we also had a featured reader. Um, and it was, you know, it was a mainstay. There were people who grew up at this reading um, and who went on to do all kinds of great things and be involved with poetry, you know, in, a, in the larger poetry community—not just here in Southern California, but in other places. That they they went, and it was it was a wonderful place that um, that unfortunately just closed. It's not like they they said they didn't want to do the reading anymore. They they'd been quite quite huge supporters of the reading, you know, on on uh yeah. you know on nights when you know even if you had a dozen people there you you still really weren't making any money for the venue yeah. um on the other nights of the week uh you know when they would charge admission and they they gave it to us for free to have a free event every single tuesday for for you know for the almost twenty one years that I hosted it, and then for like about three years or so previous to that. So wow. it's definitely, that was definitely a big deal um, for for me that that ended as well as I guess for the LA poetry community. We had a really nice closing night that had I don't know about seventy five to a hundred people showed up to to wow. sort of say farewell, and there were there was food and it was it was a good time. Um, and I, I just want to mention, and I this this isn't uh, you know I realized we need to get to you, and That's why you called in, and I'm excited that you're here. But I also uh, there's a couple things that you can look at online if you go to uh, my website poetrysuperhighway.com the very last poem that was read there is one that i wrote as kind of a farewell to the cobalt it's kind of oh, okay. one, one last time in this space and and it's there's it a video of me reading it there and pretty soon i don't know if you remember this from when you were there jean but you know we we always ended the the nights with a, with what we called the group poem which was basically yes an exquisite corpse where you know that the that the uh, that the people in attendance would write. Everyone would add a line, and it was always kind of hideous, <laughs> but it was always a lot of a lot of fun. And you know, and so there was it was the most epic group poem ever. And and a video of that is going to go up soon as well, oh, wow. so you know people can sort of experience what the cobalt was like. But anyway, thank you for your you know sentiment there about that, and and I'd love to hear your poem. Uh, as
5: well. okay. I'm going to read something from Art Farm. Uh, my book, my chapbook that was just published in November by Finishing Line Press, it is on, um, you can go to Amazon.com and get it at my, look up Art Farm, and you'll get into it, it uh, or Gene Colonimus, J-E-A-N, c o l o n o m o s and the title of it's all about art and artists who have influenced me in my life and this particular poem is about um, uh let's see people ask questions of how do you know when a poem is finished or when a painting is finished and this is my answer, said through the words of David Hockney, the painter, the LOL painter. <laughs> I love that, Rick. <laughs> um, the title Did he do is, that? What?
0: Did he, uh, he the LOL, LOL no, painter? No, no, I is? was
5: referring to your your blurb over Los Angeles weather, and I called him the LOL painter.
0: I don't get the I, – I get that you were referring to that, but I don't get the – why is he called the LOL painter? He's Did a he Los that
5: Angeles – you know, he's Los Angeles-based.
0: Oh, I get it. David okay, Hockney, there you go. the
5: British guy, what?
0: Right, because he's in Los Angeles. Is, and, yes. And I get it. Okay, cool.
5: And he paints sunny things, uh, fun things. The title is The A Word. David Hockney met a pie man going to the fair said the pie man of Hockney's bag. What have you got in there? Hockney pulled out the portraits, the chlorine blue swimming pools and the swervy Mulholland Drive, said the baker to the painter. Is this how you survive? Oh, yes, said David. Art keeps me alive. Said the pie man to the stranger, A taste of pumpkin pie? It's taken two years to perfect, but doesn't quite satisfy. Said the artist to the baker, I know just what you mean. My paintings are never finished. They're done when I am weaned. (laughs) <laughs> and
0: that's it. Wow, Jean, thank you. That's that's cool. Great uh, great answer to that question. Um, um thank you for uh thank you for sharing that from the uh, LOL poet. What's what's going on with you in poetry? Uh, uh Um
5: well, I I just was a featured poet yesterday at a private concert and I am going to be reading from Art Farm again. Um at the Ventura Library, the E.P. Foster Library in Ventura. It's about an hour and ten minutes, maybe an hour out of Los Angeles, depending on where you live, on February 5th. Um, and it starts at 7.30. And Phil Taggart is the guy who runs it i don't know if you know phil and marsha oh yes of course you know phil and marsha
0: i i know them well i you know i've known yeah. for, for quite some time and um and i'm that i'm excited to hear you, how your reading there goes I, he actually just invited me to to read there in, in I, I, maybe it's april i forget the date so and i uh-huh. haven't been up there but it seems like phil is kind of like the the godfather of poetry in the greater you know uh, ventura yes. uh, uh,
5: and the god Barbra- yes <laughs> Yeah, no, he. it's wonderful. I mean, there's a nice crowd always. He gets really, I'm happy to hear you're going to be up there. I will try and be there. Um, it's just a very exciting place to try out things, and, you know, it's a
0: good crowd. Cool. Well, that's great. Well, um, um, thanks for calling in, Jean. Always great to hear from you, and we'll talk to you next time. Yes. Bye. Alrighty. Bye. It was a Gene Colonimus calling from uh, Topanga Canyon, California, uh, here in the land of LOL, in reference to our weather versus everyone else's, at least right now. No offense, anyone else. Uh, we just actually, well, I guess it was Thanksgiving, we went to uh, the East Coast, and there was quite a bit of snow on the ground, and uh, and uh, my wife was very excited about it, because she grew up uh, having winters like that, and, and we don't get that here in Southern California. You know, winter is—you know—one one leaf falls off a tree somewhere, and and you know, you're lucky if you're the person near that tree. You know, that's that's our seasons here. Um, all right, uh, moving on. Uh, well, once again, the no, number is uh, six four six seven one six seven three six two. I've got a series of ones. Hello, series of ones.
6: Hello, Michael in Birmingham.
0: Hey, Michael, how are you?
6: i how, how are you?
0: I'm doing good. Thank you very much for sending me the the card with your, your poem on it uh, last month. It was uh, great to receive.
6: That was, uh, a lot of people received that. It was my Christmas postcard, and actually I um, expanded it, kept the telegram as is, expanded it to make what's called a broadside, and I call it my broadside, my Noel broadside to the world. Does it ring a bell to you? I'm... Emily. D- Emily Dickinson, my uh, my uh, letter to the world, my oh, letters yeah. the world. Yeah, that's supposed to be kind of a subtle. It doesn't have to be if you don't get illusion. Anyway, what I want to talk about now, and there was a little time that we have, is tomorrow the nineteenth, and here in the United States we're celebrating uh, a wonderful event: Martin Luther King, who I've always praised him. The song by U2, "Pride in the Name of Love," and MOK. Their song is rare as far as songs go. It's very, I'm going to talk some poetry for my time instead of read an actual poem. Is that okay? Sure. Okay. So it, you might consider a prose poem. Uh, so they have a song, Pride in the Name of Love. And if you look at the way it's written, it never really mentions anyone's name, but it's alluding to Christ. And at the end, early morning, April 4th, a shot rings out in the Memphis sky. Free at last. They took your life. They could not take your pride. That, of course, is King, and they used the journalistic information early morning, April 4, Memphis Sky. That's very well written, and uh, I think they made the implication that uh, King was trying to bring Christianity to the political table. Tomorrow, the 19th, in 1809, Mr. Edgar Allan Poe was born, a poet, an icon among icons, an icon among poets, uh, there's a biography that I wanted to mention that was written at the end of last year 2014 by Jerome you might want this for your your website, Jerome McGann and on December 7th in the Wall Street Journal in their column called Bookshelf in which they review books Willard Feigelman who's an English professor at Southern Memphis University he gave an excellent review on the book and uh, he's also the author of How Poets See the World. I found that that was interesting. I never had heard of that book, How Poets See the World. I don't know anything about that book at this time. But um, the the review is available online uh, December 7th, Wall Street Journal, their column, Bookshelf. Uh, the review is by Wilbert Spiegelman, and it's a review of the book by Jerome McGann, M-C-G-A-N-N. Uh, and it's t- the book about Poe is titled Edgar Allan Poe the poet, the poet Edgar Allan Poe, and I really like that because Poe, and although I'm not a PhD in Poe, Poe wanted to do nothing but write poetry, and he wanted to make a living off poetry, but that wasn't possible, so that's a blessing in disguise, as they put it, because he then turned to short, he didn't abandon poetry, but short stories were selling, so, you know, he reinvented the modern short story, he gave it, imagination from his own imagination. He didn't bring in uh, most short stories until then had been derived and had roots in the uh, European tradition, uh, uh, Germanic. But Poe, he found the material from his own dark imagination, he invented the detective story, so so on and so on. So this book focuses on Poe as the poet, and I like it for that reason. And what you might like about it, as the reviewer says, Mr. Spigelman uh, concludes with the, the value of the book that he found was that it takes a look at poetry as performance. Mm. Right. That made me think about you that you probably would appreciate that since you're a performance poet. Poetry as performance. Not interpretation, but recitation. Not theory, but recitation and performance of the poetry. Okay, and let's see. His poem, I'll quote from one of his famous poems, Annabelle Lee. To this day, scholars don't know how he was able to write that poem in the shape, the mental condition, and physical condition that he was in. But he wrote it, and it's like his opus poem, his greatest poem. And someone was considering enough, understanding enough of Edgar Allan Poe, the poet, to run it in his obituary. Mm. Okay, now, i ask you, if you need to move on to the next caller, um, I totally understand.
7: Well, well yeah, I do I have could, a couple... I'm
6: glad I could share this on the anniversary of Edgar Allan Poe's uh, birth date since tomorrow and the region's today.
0: Yep, I'm well, listening. thank you. Um, thank you, Michael, so much for calling in. I really appreciate it, as always, and thanks for sharing all that info. Um i you know a lot of things you mentioned resonate with me i' I've, I love you too, and I love that song by them so um the connection is interesting to me uh what, you know the concept of making broadsides the uh the cobalt reading, which I just spoke about in length, um, I would make a broadside for every one of our featured readers. There were 419 of them in total, uh, 11 by 17 poetry posters that uh, would feature one of the uh, w- featured poet's poems designed with imagery uh, uh, chosen um, and laid out to complement the poem. And If anyone's interested, you can go to the website and view them all as PDFs, uh, poetrysuperhighway.com cobalt and uh, there, you know, click on the Broadsides link and you can view all 419 Broadsides that I made for all of these featured poets. We'd we'd sell them at the reading for a minimum $1 donation. The uh, poet would get all of the money. Um, people would want them to sign them. And then if there were any leftover Broadsides, they got to take them with them as well. So there's that. And then in terms of Poe, well, you know, my most recent book, I'm going to turn this into a, a giant promotional opportunity for me. Thank you for that, Michael. Um my current book, The Gettysburg Undress, ends with a section of poetry written in uh Baltimore and before that in Richmond, Virginia. And when we were traveling in Richmond, Virginia, we went to the Edgar Allan Poe Museum because he uh he lived in Richmond for a while. He was born there and then he spent a good deal of time in Baltimore, and that's where his grave was. And I remember distinctly, and there's there's poems about this in my my current book, um, The Gettysburg Undressed. It was the last day, night. I'm sorry, it was the last morning of our trip before we were going to head out to a museum and then head back to, uh, to 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 Allentown and pick up our kid and fly back to L.A. But we um, we thought, okay, we're going to go visit the um, the Edgar Allan Poe's grave. It was just a couple of blocks from our hotel and in right in downtown baltimore and um we had great weather the entire trip but on this one morning that we decided we were going to go visit poes grave it was horribly overcast and raining like and it and it was just the worst possible weather and so there we are we find ourselves at poes grave after completely sunny and hot weather for eight nights you know and it's it was perfectly raining and overcast just as one would expect when standing at Poe's grave. Anyway, that's an experience that's kind of detailed in my book, The Gettysburg Undress, which is uh, out now from Rothko Press. Check it out. Um, And, Michael, I really appreciate you calling in and sharing all that info with us.
6: With what you just described on your visitation to the poet's uh, Poe's grave, right away his poem Alone came to mind. Uh, So people can check that out this poem alone. And uh well I'm glad I could bring to the table today a, a political icon MLK and a poetry literary icon Edgar Allan Poe and we'll talk to you next month.
0: Sounds good Michael. Thank you so much for calling in. That was uh Michael from Birmingham, Alabama. All right. Um Got uh, uh two callers in the queue in a little less than fifteen minutes. I'm sure we can get both to both of you, and I, I think uh if we might have time for one or two more. So if you want to call in, again the number is six four six seven one six seven three six two. Our next caller is from the three one oh area code. Hi. Hi, Marie, how are you?
7: I'm good, how are you?
0: Um, I've been better, but uh, but uh, you know, onward as they say. Am well, I, I referring I, to my my cat passing away? Which, you know, it's, which I know you're you're you you appreciate that kind of thing. Um, so you. you know, that's the honest answer. I'm kind of crappy, well, <laughs> honestly. There you go. Well,
7: you know, I have cats too, so I understand, and um, I'm grateful that you gave your your a really good home and a great life. So, of people wouldn't even...
0: you. you know what I just found out uh by the way marie I, it, that um two blocks from my house, I didn't even know this was there, but literally two blocks from where I live, there's an animal shelter called pet orphans um and I found this out because I wanted to donate some of the stuff that um that my cat uh, had, had, like, specific diet food and medical stuff that my other cats just don't need to someone. And it was two blocks away. And you can volunteer at this place. They have a a volunteer Hmm. position called Cat Socializer. Right. Your your job (laughs) is to go and pet the cats and brush them. I went to donate this stuff yesterday, you know, and suddenly they ushered me into this room full of kittens uh-oh. So, so. Anyway, I couldn't, in my right mind, bring home another cat on on the day that you know that that Tigger had passed away. But anyway, that's there for all of us here in Southern California. Uh, but anyway, I'm I'm babbling on about things. Um, uh, you've called in to read a poem, I'm sure.
7: Well, actually, I did. I have um, a new series of prose poems I'm working on. It's called "The Last of the Elements," and I'm just trying to imagine what the world's going to be like, say, 100, 200 years from now, with the, you know, the oceans keep rising and things are going to disappear. So what that's going to look like. It's an interesting exercise. This one's called the last river. The largest river, the Nile, has been truncated at Lake Victoria, its original source. Fortunately, though the ocean waters rose, it didn't reach the borders of what is now home, the largest, highest bed in the world which has turned into the sole source of trade and food for the scattered tribes and unlike tourists, who once stranded in what was Tanzania, Uganda, and Kenya. If one were to take the submarine back to what was like Egypt, one would think they've rediscovered Atlantis. In the Valley of Kings, the pyramids, denuded of their capstones, are barely visible underneath layers of sand and silt. The great statue of Ramses is partially mummified, under layers of barnacles and seaweed. Harps swim through the overturned columns of Parnass. What was once a graveyard is still a graveyard, but don't weep. This is just history repeating itself. <coughs> as for the Nile, she's got a plan. So the oceans start to recede. The Nile reaches her slender fingers outward, gently, calmly, and as only water can, makes her way into the ravaged land. She's got time. Eons and eons, and she's patient. Check back with her in a couple thousand years. She'll be heading south down to what was once the Cape Good Hope, and she's taking the highest route.
0: <laughs> That's great, and what a perfect river to 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 uh, you know use as your main example of what you're talking about. I mean, a river that that you know. Has thousands of years of r- recorded history surrounding it. You know, uh, a, r- a river that's that's you know, in the Old Testament for for God's sake. <laughs> anyway, um, um, how you know? Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Um, uh, and uh, you know, um, and and may we just make the best of the time that we have left with the planet. You know.
7: Well, I I hope that we actually will turn around and start treating the planet better collectively as species. I uh, I keep hoping for that. I don't see a lot of evidence of it unfortunately. Uh, yeah. No. <laughs>
0: so. From your your mouth to everyone else's ears. It's it's uh it's kind of ridiculous um that, you know, we don't realize that we're you know, we're not separate from the planet. We're a part of it, you know, and it's uh something we really need to take a lot better care of, um, or else we're kinda of screwing ourselves. So, um um I hope that this series of poems that you're working on helps get that message um across and um and thanks for sharing it with us. Do you anything going on in poetry for you that you want to talk about or reading a book or poetic diversity anything?
7: Well, I have a, a new book coming out a new anthology work based on uh actually inspired by Oscar Wilde's De uh, Profundis and hmm. it'll it's a new anthology. It'll probably be out in March or April through Stibritic Press. And I'm, I am really excited about it because I was trying to think if I should should I do an anthology of work inspired by Oscar Wilde? But that would be, it would probably be the size of like a Webster's Dictionary. And because a lot of people don't tend to read Oscar Wilde, at least in my experience, they'll go like on the Internet and find a clever quote. I chose his last work, Dave Profundus, he wrote that while he was in prison, as the mm-hmm. basis for this. And I've got some... Incredible work. I've got uh, work from Nessa O'Mahony, uh, she's from Ireland, I've got work from Jack Cooper, uh, David Ribbon, um, Brenda Petracos. I mean, the the list is incredible of the writers and poets and artists who've contributed work to the anthology. So um, <laughs> I, I always get excited when I do new books, but this one in particular has humbled me with the quality of work that, that, that I've received. So I'm very happy with it.
0: That's fantastic. Well, cool. Well, best of luck with that, and uh, look, looking forward to the announcements of it it uh, coming out. I, I have a, a memory of standing at Oscar Wilde's uh, grave in uh, at Pere Lachaise um, Cemetery Lachaise. In, in Paris, and one of the coolest looking ones uh, there. Um, so, um, wow, best of luck with it, and um, and um, and let us know when it comes out.
7: I will. Thank you, and take care.
0: All right. Thanks so much, Marie. Thanks for calling in. Uh, that was uh, Marie Crevin calling from here in Southern California. Uh, she is the uh, editor of Poetic Diversity. dot uh, org, which is uh, the um, uh, uh, the poetic uh, the poetry uh, online zine of um, of Southern California. You should check it out. There's I've got some poems up there myself, and a lot of great people are there. All right. Moving on. Um, our next caller is from the 860 area code. Hello.
8: Hey, Rick, how are you?
0: I'm good. How are you, and who's this?
8: My name is Valerie B., and I'm sorry about your cat.
0: Oh, thank you. Valerie B, did you say?
8: Valerie Beers. Easy. Oh,
0: Beers, oh, okay. And where are you calling from?
8: I am calling from Maine.
0: Maine? Maine. Just in Maine. We are not part of Canada. No, not at you're, all. We, you're in uh, Maine? We were, yeah, my wife and I went to portland um uh, uh over the summer. we were there for three or four nights um as part of our summer summer trip and really loved it. It was our first time in maine that that particular city um um which I guess is the biggest city in maine, maybe um the food was incredible, and it was just a wonderful town to to wander around and 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 eat food in and look at art and and stuff like that,
8: yes. Yeah. Maine is lovely in the summertime, not so much in the wintertime
0: <laughs> well, there you go do you do you got a poem for us Valerie?
8: I do um I was actually I've actually been thinking about your cat while I was listening to the other great poets, and this is called Hamster Haiku because I had a hamster that passed away, and pets are really a part of your family, aren't they? They sure are. You can't just kind of erase them. It's like, hmm. So this is called Hamster Haiku. So it follows the 575 rule. So I'm going to trust you and the listeners to count 575 while I read.
0: We're up for the challenge.
8: Yes. Hamster. Brown and white. You gentle, tolerant guy. I really love you.
0: That's sweet. That's sweet, Valerie. Do you, um, thanks so much for reading that, and it's a nice sentiment for me to hear uh, today. Um, anything going on in your poetry world? Do you have a website, or is there a reading in Maine that you go to? You want to give a shout out to, or anything?
8: I have a website, and I have a book out.
0: Cool. What's, What's the what website? You
8: to hear about first.
0: What? Tell us what the website is.
8: I have two websites. My my own website is called Words. These are both WordPress sites. Okay. So the first one is Words of the Vow, two thousand.
0: Okay. My Dot using
8: name. And the second one, I am the editor of Poetry Pasta, and <laughs> I was thinking of something that reminded me. I think. Um the man who read, I think he was first, Alex Chorney, I think he has contributed to Poetry Pasta as
0: well. Well, there you go. And that's poetrypasta.wordpress.com? It certainly is. Cool. And um am r- running short on time here, but can you just really quickly tell us about your book?
8: Yes. Now, my book is on Amazon, and it's ebook and print. And it's called details. And it's cool. own well,
0: <clears throat> well, Valerie, uh, thank you so much for um uh telling us about that. Thank you for uh reading that sweet hamster haiku. Uh uh put a oh. smile on my face today. And um I hope you call in again. And I'm going to I'm going to check out Poetry Pasta.
8: I I hope you do. I hope everybody does.
0: <laughs> All right.
8: Thank you cool. very well, much. Rick.
0: Stay warm up there in uh in Maine, will you?
8: I certainly will.
0: All right, take it easy. That was uh, Valerie. What, what city do you live in in Maine, by the way? Bangor. Bangor. Okay, cool. Um, great. Well, thanks again for calling in and, and call in again. That was uh, Valerie calling from Bangor, Maine. Um, well, I just got about 90 seconds left, so unfortunately I'm not going to get to the, the rest of the people who, who called in, but I, I want to thank you so much for for uh, sticking on hold and and, and making an effort uh, anyway. Uh, I want to thank everyone who did call in, uh, Ron Bremner from G- Glen Ridge, New Jersey, Alex Cherney from Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, Canada, David Neves from Alabama, uh, Neville Hyatt from uh, Australia, Jean Colonimus from Topanga Canyon, California, Michael from Birmingham, Alabama, Marie from uh, Marie Le Crevin from here in Southern California, and Valerie from uh, Bangor, Maine. Thanks so much for calling in, everyone. Um, our next show is going to be on February 15th. That is uh, that is uh, a Sunday at 2 o'clock p.m. Pacific. Our shows are always at 2 o'clock p.m. Pacific time. Um, so that's that's when they're broadcast live. So the next one is February 15th. Of course, you can always um, listen to the shows afterwards in the archive. Um, if you miss a show, et cetera, and it's, there's it's open readings. We've been doing this for five years or so now, um, and there's a bunch of special shows as well. A few weeks ago, um, We had a show called The Gettysburg Undress, Undressed in which I had a conversation with Brendan Constantine about my new book, The Gettysburg Undress, which you can check out um, from Rothko Press. Um, So please do call in again and look for our announcement about the beginning of The Great Poetry Exchange coming on February 1st. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks for calling in, um, and uh, have a great rest of your day. Bye.